Welcome to the Binge Breakers Podcast. I'm Jacqueline. I am here to teach you how I overcame bulimia and my binge eating disorder and how you can too. Through simple steps of mind management, repairing your relationship with yourself, understanding your habits, and intuitive eating. Disclaimer, this recording is not intended to be utilized as medical advice or a medical diagnosis. If you think you're in need of medical attention or treatment, please seek it immediately. This recording will also contain sensitive subjects such as binging and purging, weight and depression. Please listen at your own discretion and do what you think is best for you. Hello guys, what's up? It's Jacqueline here. Welcome to the podcast. I'm going to talk about something that I know so many of you guys do, and I know it because I did it all the time and wondered why I was binging at three or two o'clock in the afternoon. And also I know a lot of my clients do it. And it sounds, when I'm going to say it out loud, it's going to sound so obvious. And you're like, I know, I know it intellectually, but then in the moment, it really makes sense to you and you do it anyway. So hopefully this podcast is going to make a really good argument for why you shouldn't push your meals back further into the day instead and instead eat frequently throughout the day, or at least eat moderate meals throughout the day. So you aren't starving, ravenous, and binge later. It's really not helpful for most people. If you are that person, it's always like, I'll just push my hunger back. I'll just, it's easier if I don't eat um, during the morning, if I could just not eat for as long as possible, then it's easier because I won't overeat because whenever I eat, I overeat, even though the reason that you're overeating is partially because you never eat. (laughs) It's crazy. It's crazy how backwards it is, but in the moment it makes sense. If you're one of those people constantly pushes back your food and constantly pushes your hunger, please stop. And hopefully this episode will show you why you should stop doing that. Um, As far as news for me. I don't have any big news. I'm on vacation this week. I am working this uh, today because I forgot to record podcasts, not only the podcast for you guys, but the private podcast for my uh, group coaching program that needs to go out. So I'm taking one day to do a little, a little podcast recording and also do the Facebook live inside um, my private community, Facebook group. But other than that, um, other than that, I'm actually not working the rest of the week. So it's just a little pop in for me, but I have been on vacation this week. Actually, today is my birthday, which is super exciting. I'm 27 now, which is kind of shocking, kind of weird. I don't know. It's just another day, another number, but it is exciting. I think I'm happy with how my 26th year on this earth went and I'm looking forward to my 27th year. And actually someone asked me, what do you want for your birthday? And they were actually taking me as a friend date. Um, And we were going, we just rode bicycles around Miami. We used the little bike rental system they have there. And so we just rode our bikes. We rode to this waterside um, cafe or or, uh, lunch place, had burgers and grouper right on the ocean. And then kind of went back through to this weird area to get out of it, which was really cool. And then we just rode to the beach and then we just chilled on the beach and then rode into off some into some off places in Miami beach. And it just, I told them, this is what I wanted for my birthday. I just wanted to experience Miami life outside of my office, feeling the sun on my face. I can't believe it's where I live. Um, I'll miss it when we eventually go, but that is part of the reason I wanted to go to Miami and I never feel like I get to experience it because I'm working. So <laughs> it was fun. I wanted something simple and I got it. And I think now after that bike rental system and experience, my friend had a bike, but she rented bikes with me so that we could just kind of go together. I think I need to get a bike now. It was so fun. Was, she's a biker herself. She loves biking. And she's like, it's so good to do when you're just bored and you don't have anything to do, but you want to get out of the house. And the freedom in Miami to be able to ride a bike 
the traffic's awful here. So honestly, you get to places faster sometimes on a bike than you would driving. Plus it's active. So I think I'm going to be in the market for a bike soon. I don't know anything about bikes, but I know that I need to need to get on that. And especially with the price of gas lately, it's like, oh, it's painful. It's really painful. So having a bike would be good. Okay. The topic of this episode, stop pushing your meals back. And I already explained it in the intro, but we all have done it. Not all of us, maybe some of you guys may just be intuitive eaters who don't do that sort of stuff, or maybe you do that and you're totally fine and you never binge and it's not an issue. But if you never binged, I'm really shocked as to why you might be listening to this podcast. Um, this podcast, it's all about binging, but let's say that you are, you're that person that they wake up, they're worried about overeating or they're worried about binging. And they think that, well, if I just don't eat, it's actually, it's actually easier to just not eat and keep the food away. It'll keep my hunger at bay. And then when I finally can't take any more, then I will eat. And then I can have larger meals feel much fuller than I would had I had normal meals and have to have the volume of food that I want. It's kind of like a planned binge or a way to have almost overeating or binging or reaching that satiety level of being overly full without um, having to purge and feeling like it's justified. Plus you're just, you're just worried that you're going to overeat anyway. So you might as well wait to eat then. And then you can overeat in a way that fits into your diet. There's a lot of reasons people do it, but I think that's the main one. People also think that um, intuitive or uh, intermittent fasting will help them lose weight. If they just keep on pushing their meals back, then they'll actually eat less. Um, and then maybe fasting, they'll dip into their fat stores, that sort of stuff. So that's a lot of the reasons why people do it. I mainly did it partly because I thought it would help me lose weight, but I also thought that um, it's easier to just stay without food. It's easier to tolerate hunger desires if I don't have food in the first place. And then when I finally can't take any more, then I have food, then it'll be kind of too late. So I can hopefully just mitigate or mitigate the damages of reading that I will do then by not eating in the morning and lunch. And I thought I could just push it past then. And then it would be totally fine. Of course, this never really worked out for me. What always happened is I'm like, okay, I'm not going to have breakfast. I'll skip breakfast. And then of course, around 10 or 11, or sometimes even nine o'clock, I was already super hungry and I was obsessing over food. I was thinking about food a lot because I was focusing on not eating it. Therefore I was thinking about it constantly. And then around 10 o'clock, usually I would break and have something, whether it be a little um, coffee with some extra creamer, or I would get a protein bar or I'd like go out for lunch super early. I'm like, I'm going to go grab a tuna fish sandwich at nine 30 in the morning. People are like, okay, Jacqueline, <laughs> do what you want to do. So, and then I would feel guilty. I would feel bad. And actually I would feel even more hyperfixated on food since I felt like I already messed it up. And depending on what I would get, some, usually I wouldn't get a tuna fish sandwich. I would get something that was just a little bit, just a little snack. And that of course was not enough to satiate me. So then I'd be even more hungry and my food would be, my stomach would be revved up. My digestive digestion system was like, yeah, we're game. Let's give us a little bit more food. Hell yes. And that would push me over the edge. And then I would try to not eat for a while. And then I eat something for lunch, feel more guilty. And then I would come home 
um, and just binge. Or sometimes I would make it all the way to coming home. And then I would, of course, go to the grocery store and grab a whole bunch of food. I would go with the intention of I'm getting food for later for, for my lunch because I haven't eaten anything. I need to get some food. And then I would turn it into picking up all the stale pastries in the back of the grocery store that were on discount sale because they were a day old and whatever else I could get my hands on and then coming back home. So it wasn't a pretty picture. And then I'd feel super guilty and then I'd be moody and tired and um, binge and purge and all that sort of stuff. So if you're like that, if that sounds familiar to you, <laughs> here's why the concept doesn't work. And I kind of explained it already, but we'll go into it. I'm reading, actually, I have this concept. I made this post a while ago that really covers the basics, but we'll talk about it here. First and foremost that you got from that story is the number one reason you shouldn't push your bin, your meals back is that it encourages overeating and binging. The easiest way to justify binging to justify overeating is to say, I haven't eaten all day. So let's just binge now, or let's just eat a bunch now because we haven't done it. We're totally hungry. We actually need it. And you're not necessarily wrong. If you haven't eaten all day, you're damn sure that you need a lot of food, but it's just reinforcing that behavior of binging. Not only does it feel like it's a necessity, but then you're also getting used to eating much larger quantities of food and getting yourself to the point where you're ravenous that you need to completely overeat. My entire family just called me to wish me happy birthday. So we'll just restart that intro because I am totally off track as to where we were. Okay. And not only does it do all of that, but then it also is just reinforcing that habit loop and it's justifying, obviously the overeating it's making me, and I haven't eaten anything all day, but it's also reinforcing your body's habit cues of this is how we eat. This is how we get you to eat is we make the urge so strong that you can't help it. And then you give into that urge, you reward that urge, and then it keeps reinforcing. It literally is reinforcing binging behavior more than anything else. I think this is probably the most devastating part about it is that when you constantly are used to pushing your meals back, you actually start to think that that's how I eat. And that's how your body thinks it can get calories in. It feels like the only way pushing yourself to the brink of binging feels like the only way to get food in. And it also just reinforces that loop to the point where it feels automatic and autopilot is um, at its highest. So it feels really, really hard to stop. It's a lot easier to, to not binge when you've had adequate nutrition throughout the day and you don't necessarily have a reason to binge and your body knows that it can get calories outside pushing you this much. You're still, just because you're eating enough doesn't mean that the habit of binging will go away. If you've got an ingrained of, the habit of binging, then it's most likely going to come up whether you have um, eaten enough food or not. I struggle with that for sure, but it's a lot easier to, um, I guess, logically think through that urge and experience that urge when you aren't ravenously hungry and haven't eaten all day. So that's the number one reason you shouldn't push all your meals into four hours throughout the day. It's not helpful, especially for those who are struggling with eating disorders. And I will say even normal people when they haven't eaten all day will binge and overeat. It's not like you have to have disordered eating patterns or be have an eating disorder to have these sorts of things happen. Normal people, you make sure that they don't eat all day and then put a whole bunch of food in front of them. They are for sure going to overpack their stomach and eat a lot more than they normally would. It's just something that humans do. So you're really fighting against your biology when you are pushing yourself um, such a long periods without food. And I know that 
there's a lot of information about there out there about intermittent fasting and how that can increase uh, autophagy or whatever it's called that can help with longevity. And um, it's actually a really great weight loss tool. Some of those things can be true, but actually if you want to get um, longevity benefits, you have to fast for much longer. And our ancestors, uh, I hate when people use the argument that our ancestors did it because so therefore it's good to do now. Our ancestors did a lot of stupid shit. So you really shouldn't base, oh, we did it in the old days. Therefore it's, it must be healthy now. That's, that's just BS. However, our ancestors, they did have to go long periods without food sometimes. Um, doesn't necessarily mean it was a good thing, but it is what they had to do. But you bet your bottom dollar when they killed a woolly mammoth or something like that, there was feasting abound. There was lots. They basically had binges and they stored up on it. They, of course, tried to save as much food as possible, but they totally ate up crap ton when they had access to food because our body needs to store food and store fat, stores energy inside fat so that it can, it can fast on on that for a long time until it can eat again. So our ancestors, our binging loop, our hunger and binge uh, cues that we do, it's actually really necessary for our survival. It just isn't helpful in the society that we have right now. So fasting in itself is just not helpful, especially, I know that some, my boyfriend is one of those people that he cannot eat all day and he's totally fine and he will totally overeat for dinner, but it works for him. And he doesn't have a binging thing. He's very normal eating. But if you are, you have an eating disorder, if you have a lot of eating disorders, there's a genetic component to eating disorders. If you have that, which guaranteed, probably if you're listening to this, you have some sort of issue with it. Um, fasting is probably just not something you should be doing, or at least pushing your meals back till you can't take it anymore. Another thing that pushing your meals back does that isn't helpful is that it teaches you to constantly ignore your own hunger and satiety cues. Um, a lot of us think that, I, I thought this too, my hunger and satiety cues were broken, that they uh, didn't work and I never heard a thing. And the only time I noticed when I was hungry is when I was completely ravenous and couldn't control it anymore. But you have to think if you are, I think about, um, I think about when my, when I was younger and my brother was a sports fanatic. He is just, if there's, I don't think I've ever met another person that loves sports as much as he loves sports. And when we were driving on road trips, not only did I go to all his games, but when we were driving on road trips, if there was a Cubs game on, if there was a Bulls game on, we would listen on the radio to the um, uh, announcer, like announcing the game, right? Uh, describing what's happening in the game. I don't know what they're actually called, but it was the game announcer and we listened to the game. But I did not care. I was not interested. I've never really liked sports. I don't mind it. If a friend really wants to go, I'll go to a baseball game with them or something, but I'm rarely going to pay attention or care. And so I just got really used to tuning that out. It sounded like static noise to me. And I just seemed like background comforting noise. I never really paid attention to what they were saying. And when I was actively focusing on ignoring it, it just, your body just gets used to it. Your hearing just gets used to it. And that noise played, I could just zone out completely and not, it was playing. It was loud enough for me to hear, but I wasn't listening. And therefore, when someone asked, if someone had asked me what happened in the game, even though I listened to that entire game, I wasn't paying attention. Just like if you were in a class and you were hearing everything that's going on, but you were zoned out, you're not paying attention. Therefore, you are not hearing 
understanding what's going on, even though there are signals. So it works the same with your body. Of course, your signals can be a little bit out of whack. They've got some adjusting to do, especially if you're used to eating large quantities of food and you're pushing your food all the time to one period. Um, maybe your hunger signals be a little bit, little bit off. But if you start actually trying to listen to them again, you might notice early signs of hunger that you're missing completely because you're not even paying attention for it. You're not looking for it. And signs of hunger don't have to be, I'm going to die if I don't get food in the next two minutes. It can be as simple as my stomach feels a bit empty right now. I feel a little bit fatigued. I feel kind of, um, kind of like I could go for food. I'm thinking about food. My focus isn't as good right now. Um, or it can just be some mild stomach pains, a little bit of grumbling, a little bit of sometimes lightheadedness. Those are all cues of hunger and some of them aren't so extreme. I know that it's hard when you are struggling with binge eating because you don't trust those signals, especially thinking about food. You think it may just be a binge urge, but it's better to just try to go with them, eat something and see if it was hunger afterwards. Generally, after I ate something, when I thought I was hungry, I was able to differentiate whether it was boredom eating or hunger eating. And then when it was boredom eating, I didn't actually beat myself up. I just kind of recognized it. And then the next time I had that signal, I was able to tune into the fact that, Hey, that's probably not actually hunger. That's just me avoiding something. That is why though, if you are used to pushing your meals back and ignoring your hunger signals, that's why you only notice it and you feel so out of control when you notice it because you are at the point of being ravenous where your, your hunger is finally like on siren mode. The way I would have been able to pay attention to the ball game on my parents' car, my family car while we were on a road trip is only if they had blared it so loud that I couldn't possibly ignore it. So your body's just like that radio is just turning it up, up, up. It's boiling the pot until you cannot notice. And at that point, it feels really out of control. It's hard to think it's just too much. And so you then of course, binge. Also, another reason to not push your meals back is that it makes you obsess over food. It makes you think a lot about food because you're constantly having to think about your constant brains, constantly sending up signals of food might be nice. Food would be good. And you constantly be like, no, 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 we're not going to do that. And you have to think about when you're going to eat, when it's appropriate to eat, constantly focus on um, managing urges, constantly focus on managing hunger urges, which is not helpful. It's constantly making you have to obsess way more about food. Had you just thought, ah, yeah, I'm hungry. I'm going to eat. All right, we're done. Cool. We feel a lot better. We don't have hunger as much now. We're satiated. We have energy. It, it's a lot easier just to eat when you're hungry and then stop after a little while than it is to constantly be pushing your meals back. I know that a lot of you guys out there listening probably disagree because you're used to this, but I'll tell you it's the way I used to overthink about food compared to how I think about food now, dramatic shifts. I think about food when I'm hungry, um, maybe a few times if I'm really feeling stressed or bored, but most of the time I don't think about food at all. And it is amazing. And then the last reason that you shouldn't push your meal backs, your, you, the last reason that you shouldn't push your meal back is that it reinforces poor belief systems around food. What I mean by that is what I was saying earlier, normal people overeat when they haven't eaten all day. But the funny thing is they understand that maybe they're not thinking to the degree that I'm thinking about it, but they totally understand that oh, I didn't eat all day. So that makes sense why I would eat a lot now. And then they move on and they just don't think they're disordered. They don't think they're weird. They don't think they're so out of control. They just think makes sense. I didn't eat all day because of X, Y, Z reasons. So I can eat a lot now. Cool. Let's move on. But when you overeat or binge after not eating all day, you don't 
attribute it to that. You attribute it to you. You think that you're so out of control. You think that, look, here's more proof as to why I'm out of control with food and I can't be trusted and I have to constantly push food away and I can't be around food. You make it all about you when really there's probably a simple reason for why you're doing this. It's habit loops, it's restriction, it's belief systems. It's all these sort of things. It's actions, thoughts, and behaviors that are leading towards it. Emotions as well. All those things are driving you towards it, but it's not necessarily you. But when you think I'm so out of control with food and then you push your meals back all day and then you inevitably freak out just like any normal person would and eat a bunch of food and maybe even binge and purge, then you think, look, there's more proof for why I can't be trusted around food. When really it wasn't a problem with you in the first place. Anyone would overeat in that situation, but you're making it mean so much more about you. So I hope that this episode has really helped you maybe shed a light on what you're doing and why it's not helpful. I would invite you to try just one day. If you're really skeptical, just try one day eating breakfast, eating lunch, eating when you feel like you might be hungry and trying it out. You might feel a lot more satiated, a lot less obsessed with food, and you might not end up binging later. You will still have to manage urges sometimes. You will still probably likely overeat if you are struggling with binge eating and bulimia. It doesn't just automatically go away. Some For some people it does. I don't want to give the false hope. I had one client and she was just her main issue is she wasn't eating enough. And when she ate enough, she stopped binging, just, just gone or just were gone. So that can happen, but I'm just going to be honest. You know, even when I ate enough, it still had urges to binge as well due to stress and other emotional coping reasons. But if you're eating enough, you might feel a lot better. Try to be mindful. Try to listen to your body signals. Look up just water hunger signals, look up satiation signals. It's not so hard. And if you or it's, it's hard, but it's not too hard. And if you're really struggling with this, I'm going to highly recommend you join my recovery course. and my, my group coaching course. It's all about, um, bulimia recovery, but it also focuses heavily on intuitive eating and each month in the course, we do monthly workshops. And this monthly workshop is going to be all about getting comfortable with food, building comfort and trust with yourself in food. It's going to be the theme of the month. I think it's going to be really helpful because I know so many people in there struggle with it. And on top of that, we also have a whole section. We have two sections in the course, all about intuitive eating. People ask about it all the time in the Facebook group. So if you are struggling with understanding how to eat like a normal person, the course is going to be a great place for you to go. And there's lots of support there, lots of um, lots of tools that you can use to actually get to know your own intuitive eating self and not be obsessing over food all day and then binging and purging as well. Because we know a big piece of bulimia recovery is the food. So hopefully if you guys are considering, you can find the link for both of those things below in the show notes and whatever platform you're listening to. Okay, I'm going to let you guys go. If you see my Instagram, um, I was at the beach the other day and I ran through a flock of birds in slow motion. So that was fun. Uh, I really enjoyed doing that. I'll probably do more of that. I'll probably go rent more bikes and uh, ride around Miami and see what else I can find. Have more beachfront uh, lunches. I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend and um, you enjoy maybe the spring weather. I know Miami's really nice here right now, but some places are, are looking better. The weather's getting nicer out there too. So I hope you guys have a good weekend and I hope you guys tra- take this podcast seriously and try some of the concepts I talked about today. All right. Talk to you guys later. Never give up on yourself. Bye.